Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news... Leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's peanut butter cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. From Brandeis University, welcome to Recall This Book, where we assemble scholars and writers from different disciplines to make sense of contemporary issues, problems, and events. I'm John Plotz, and I recall this book. Guest today is the remarkable Vanessa Smith, who is the author of, among many wonderful publications, Intimate Strangers, Friendship, Exchange, and Pacific Encounters, uh, published in 2010. And uh, Vanessa is many things at... uh, uh, University of Sydney, including, are you chair of your department right now, Vanessa? Are you? No, I'm not. I'm on, supposedly on um, sabbatical. Oh my God. That's why she looks so incredibly relaxed. Um, <laughs> but Vanessa has been many things, but has been for a long time a uh, professor at Sydney, though she and I met um, at Cambridge University. Uh, we can almost say many decades ago. I guess we can say several decades ago we met uh, when we were both in grad school. Um, so, Vanessa, welcome. Um, and Thank you. It's, it's it's awesome to it's awesome to have an occasion to talk to you again. So uh, this is another installment of our Books in Dark Times series, which, um, as you, dear listener, probably know by now, explicitly takes its inspiration from Hannah Arendt's Men in Dark Times, which proposes, quote, that even in the darkest of times, we have the right to expect some illumination, and that such illumination may well come less from theories and concepts than from the uncertain, flickering, and often weak light that some men and women in their lives and their works, and we mean books here when we say works, will kindle under almost all circumstances. So at this moment, we're interested in what brings people like Vanessa and like you, dear listener, comfort or joy or sustenance or engagement or illumination. So um, drop a chair and listen, and then please do send us your own thoughts. We'd love to know what you are uh, reading at this dark hour. So, okay, Vanessa, as you know, we start these conversations off with a few simple questions. So can I just get the ball rolling with those questions? Meaning like, what have you been reading that gives you comfort? Uh, What have you been reading that gives you joy? So, Comfort. So as I mentioned, I'm supposed to be on sabbatical. So I was 
I had these plans for, you know, travel conferences. You know, you and I were going to meet at one of those conferences. Um, So obviously not being able to do this is not the biggest problem that the world is facing, but there is some disappointment in all this kind of imagined travel not coming to pass. So so one of the books that's really comforted me in that is um, Marion Milner's Eternity Sunrise, Mm. um, which is a later book of hers. And it's, it's about, she always, she always has these titles like, you know, about not being able to do something, about not being able to paint, you know, and so on. But, um, but this one is effectively about not being able to keep a traditional travel diary. Um, so she comes up with her own kind of psychoanalytically informed version of keeping a, a travel diary. So she says that, so she went on this a series of trips to Greece um, in her 60s and she tried to do that thing of sort of writing down a day-to-day account of mm-hmm. what she was doing. And um, she said it totally went flat. And what she came to realise after a while was that um, she needed to wait until the travel had passed, I guess, and then she did something which she calls collecting the beads. So she, um, she waited for what, what she called a, like a bead of a, a kind of particularized, kind of quite luminous memory. And then, and then the process was to kind of write down that memory or, you know, she could draw things as well. And, and she also worked through souvenirs she bought. I think that was her first way in. Um, so she would, she would just look at what she bought and think, why did I buy this? odd collection of things or sometimes she picked up something like a feather on the ground or something like that yeah and um and then she would retrospectively construct kind of connections between these things that had that was her special memories or her her things hey vanessa can i just back yep because i'm i'm in the unfortunate position of only knowing the one marion milner book that that you wrote a wonderful article about a, a life of one's own but can you just fill in our listeners a, a little bit about who she is she's such an interesting kind of transitional figure um yeah yeah she's a well she's you know i guess you know she's my she's my home girl i guess but um so she's um <laughs> i usually say she's my heart in that situation like that's how i talk about willa cather and hannah arendt oh so uh, okay yeah, okay so she's, I know. So she's probably more appropriate than home girl <laughs> Marian Miller, <but> anyway. um, <laughs> yeah. so i mean she she lived to be 98 99 i think uh-huh. um so she her life spanned the entire 20th century and she's british um, born is that right british born yeah and yeah. she kind of came to people's attention, I guess, in the um, 1930s when she wrote uh, A Life of One's Own, wrote and published A Life of One's Own, which, you know, as you know, is this attempt to, I guess, uh, self-analyse. She was very um, anti-psychoanalytic at that point. So she came up with this method which involved just writing a journal of what... um, made her happy what makes her happy yeah i think that book is tremendous on lived experience like you totally exactly yeah yeah yeah. read it otherwise but her description of playing ping pong and she's not a good ping pong player or anything (laughs) her description of what it means to like have her hand telling her what to do before she exactly yeah 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 remarkable for that so i love the i I love her in moment writing so what you're describing with travel the anti-travel diary is so interesting to me because it sounds 
in a way antithetical to that because so removed from the original now. Yeah, so anyway, that's her. So yes, um, so, later, so later she writes this travel book. And I mean, she's, she's conscious of being, um, you know, starting to be elderly and, and I suppose having some, some limitations, although yeah. she really didn't accept those. She was doing, you know, dancing classes. Somebody rang her up, I think, when she was in her 80s and said, yeah. you know, we, we have a free offer of um, ballroom dancing classes. Yeah. Um, you accept it now. You know, she took it and went off you know, dancing and so on, so, yeah. But, but so, Vanessa, I, I told you led into this by saying the reason you're reading it is related to kind of deferred or frustrated travel during your sabbatical. And I totally get yeah. that. But can I kind of, can we go further with the question of why it, given the reality of our world, which is so much more than just, oh, I can't go on my sabbatical trip, any thoughts about why this book would be satisfying and engaging to you you know, given the, you know, unprecedented... Oh, because it's making me go back to, yeah. you know, recent trips I've taken and, oh, right, and right. sort of think through what was I, enjoyable about them. And I don't need yeah. to kind of, you know, accumulate more experience. Like, yeah. I can I can right. um, process, I guess, you know, yeah. what I what I already, already had. Yeah. 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 No, no, I, no, I, I fully yeah. acknowledge it's seriously not the biggest problem right now, but it's... It's just that way of, yeah. you know, you can, I mean, it, in this time you can kind of go back to old photo albums or something and, you know, you can feel quite melancholic, yeah. um, you know, just yeah. as you, as you regard yourself in that, um, that kind of mode of assumed freedom and, yeah. and privilege. <laughs> and right. um, and yeah. this is a way of returning to things in a, in a more fruitful way, I think. Yeah, no, it makes sense. And so is that when you read it, is the pleasure for you in seeing how she does it? Or is the pleasure for you in what it then makes you do with your own trips? Like, is it, does it allow you? Oh, to both, always both with Milner. That's, okay. that's what I love so much about her. Um, like, yeah, I enjoy her prose. I think she's, I love her writing and, um, and I love watching what she does with you know a period of life that is well beyond mine um right. but also yeah there's a there's a real tangible kind of takeaway to reading yeah. her uh, yeah, okay you, you could you could try the exercises at home kind yeah of. right <laughs> <laughs> follow on home. so it's like the jane fonda workout video <laughs> yeah okay that sounds good yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the other one like that the other one that's been perversely comforting yeah um do you know <laughs> do you know the book? I just love this book. I kind of got it as a critical thing when I was thinking about a project that never yeah. um, eventuated. Do you know it's called Tormented Hope, Nine Hypochondriac Lives? No, I don't know <laughs> Tormented Hope. Oh my god. It's so good. It's so good. Wow. Um, it's okay. by Brian Brian Dillon. Okay. And it just kind of <laughs> It just kind of gives an account of um, nine different hypochondriac figures, I guess. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Um, so it's like Boswell, Charles Darwin, interestingly. Uh -huh. Darwin, total. Um, yeah. Glenn Gould, Andy Warhol, Glenn Gould. Yeah, yeah. Really, really nicely written and uh, just, you know, kind of 
also helpful in these times. As Tell you, me more yeah. about Glenn Gould, because I'm just about to watch 32 short films about Glenn Gould, because I do, I, I totally worship him. What? Uh, no, okay, he, well, here's the last one in the book, and I am rereading it now, and I okay. haven't kind of got okay, to never him, mind. But, um, yeah, yeah I mean, you know all about Darwin, so. I do know about Darwin. And do you know yeah. that? Have Florence you Nightingale, that's oh, an yeah. interesting one. Absolutely. Um, Lyddon Strachey is really good on her hypothesis. Yeah, yeah, he quotes he quotes Strachey a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And who was the other one you you just said after Nightingale? Uh, no, no, I didn't. I just oh, you didn't asked okay. you what you were saying. Yeah. Oh, that sounds great. And I was going to ask if you've read Sanditon lately, because you know. Uh, well, I've read it in the last five years, I guess, because I had to... Um... Remember that it's sort of about hypochondria? Like, I mean, basically the people coming to take cures. I mean, I guess in a way, Emma is about hypochondria too. Right, like, I mean, right, right, yeah. About people who yeah. enjoy their sickness. I guess it's enjoying, yeah. literally enjoying your symptoms, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, yeah, or somehow using them. It's a form there's of... A, there's, a, a, there's a purpose for them that yeah. you are not quite... But it's a form of inward, it's a form of inward attention that it just seems, I mean, it, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it would be mean to call it perverse. It's like another form of inward attention that's different from the self-regard that philosophy sometimes teaches we're supposed to exercise, you know? Right, right. Yeah, yeah right? Like attentive yeah. to the body. Although I do think that my interest in this book in this time is a bit perverse. Yeah, <laughs> I can see that. Right? <laughs> it's like you wake up, you wake up, and you give a tiny on. cough. You give yeah. a tiny <laughs> cough because you're clearing your throat. Like, I want, <sighs> I want antichondria. Like if there were <laughs> antichondria, yeah. I could just cast on myself. Yeah, it is. It is like an antidote somehow reading these stories yeah. Yeah. yeah so so Vanessa one of the topics that has emerged is the question of whether the like I thought the most interesting question for people would be whether comfort and joy were related to one another like you know there would because we're all critics right so there would be the notion that or I mean a lot of the people that I have been speaking with are people who are scholars so kind of for a living what you do is pick things apart so I yeah that people would emphasize the antithetical quality of what gives you joy versus what gives you comfort. But it hasn't exactly played out like that. It's more like it's played out around people whose satisfaction comes from finding something that allows them fully to leave their world versus people who have wanted something that allows them to like understand their own situation better. Right, okay, so I guess I'd fall into category two. Yeah, so in some ways, category one, too, right? Because there's the pleasure of her prose. What you're describing with Milner's prose is yeah. the pleasure of an immersion into, like, the, the artisanship of what she's creating. But definitely more like category two, because it's enabling you to make sense of your situation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, yeah. No, I mean... I enjoy the prose of Tormented Hope as well. It's beautifully written, but um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and the other person that I have been loving in this dark times, and yeah. you probably know her work well, but you know, she's a, she's a sort of American icon and I wasn't familiar with her at all. I just came across one of her books in a secondhand shop and really liked the photo of her on cover is um, MFK Fisher, do you know? Oh yeah, I do. How do you yeah, yeah. cook a so, woman? 
Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I just came across that in a um, secondhand bookshop. What about yeah. any Australian writers? Well, no, I mean, you know, that we were going to do this thing about Helen Garner. So, um, yeah. So, Vanessa, let's talk about Helen Garner for five minutes. I'm so glad you mentioned her. Totally. Because I was thinking, Which I don't find her very comforting or <laughs> any no, of this. No, but with the spare room, there's something very dry. I was thinking about late life books. I was thinking about the spare room. Isn't that what it's called? The one about her friend yes, yes, yes. comes to her house to die. Yeah. Um, I find that book actually, I do find it, well, comforting might be the wrong word. I find that a bracing book. It's like a very, it, it's kind of rigorously honest, you know, about a total. Oh, she's story. always rigorously honest, I yeah. think. Yeah. 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 So, but, so. Um, so if you had to pick one of her books, like if you were on a desert island, which one should we talk about? Should we talk about Children's Bach? Would you, is that the one you would pick? Well, obviously that's the one I've reread recently. Yeah. yeah. But I find yeah. her good not, not comforting. You find her comforting or joyful? Well, no, I find, well, I mean, I, I'm beginning to think the word comforting isn't the right word. Like my friend Sita, who we were, I was just talking with earlier today, she said, well, I don't know what comforting means, but I can talk about the books that sustain and engage me. And I, uh -huh. I find Garner sustaining because she is so bracing. She's like, um, you know, she's like a sea, she's like a very salt breeze in your face, you know? She kind of wakes yeah. you up, but I, yeah, I feel like she keeps you honest because she herself is so honest and that makes you think harder. Like a book like The Children's Bach, which, you know, when it starts, I think, oh, right, okay, here are some people in a kind of, unpleasant slash unhappy slash sordid situation and your immediate yeah. instinct when you read that is to think well I mean I'm glad that's not me or that couldn't be me for the following reasons and then she just kind of unfolds the situation and you find yourself realizing oh right well yeah I mean if that were my condition then that's probably what I would do too and I can see why it's the wrong thing to do <laughs> you know why it's just gonna sink her deeper into this hole you know yeah. So that's in there's, a, there's a little moment in the beginning of that book yes. where I can't remember if it's the the mother or the daughter character who have just kind of come back into the the husband's life, but um, one of them is kind of looking disparagingly. Of course, like you know, I only read this a month and a half ago. I can't even remember the names of any of the characters, so you I might can. be able to fill those in. <laughs> but um, one of them, yeah, she's she's starting to have a sort of, oh, maybe, it, I think it's the mother. She's sort of saying, oh, she's a bit of a frump or something, or she's she's not much kind of thing. And then it says she's, she sees this carefully darned sleeve on her jumper or something, that mm -hmm. she's been able to kind of mend something. Mm. And she thinks I might have to revise that view. Mm. And um, it's, it's also there in um, like monkey grip where so many things are falling apart all the time. And this, you know, young mother, I mean, it's it's completely shocking, you know, kind of, you know, this this kind of kid wafting through these lives and yeah, noodles everywhere and, you know, mother kind of whacked out on speed and stuff. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Um, I was going to say, it's the heroin novel. I mean, that doesn't do it justice, but it's it's a novel in which it, most everybody yeah. into one thing or another, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, but even in that, there are these moments where she's darning or cleaning or something where she kind of gets it together for a while and um there's she darns in that as well I don't know I think there's some sort of <laughs> darning weaving motif going through these or something about 
as everything unravels, she can also oh, ravel really things great. up again. All right. Yeah. Okay. I love that. Okay. So Vanessa, that's an awesome note to end on because that's a great way to think about why Garner, because everything has to be unraveled in order for the raveling to mean anything. Is that right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Awesome. Okay, so wait, I'm just gonna say that Recall This Book is hosted by John Plotz and usually Elizabeth Ferry with music by Eric Chaslow and Barbara Cassidy, sound editing by Claire Ogden, website design and social media by Kaliska Ross. And as you know, we always wanna hear from you with comments, criticisms, suggestions for future episodes. And in this case, we wanna hear from you about you know books that you have found comforting. So please email us or uh, tweet at uh, hashtag books in dark times. And finally, if you enjoyed today's show, please be sure to rate a review or rate us on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever. So thank you so much for listening. And Vanessa, thank you. This was awesome. I really oh, it's great to talk to you. See okay. ya. See ya. <laughs>